Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a lot going on. We're to talk about with the mother of this alleged killer in uh, Uvalde had to say about her son. It turns out, I'll give you a hint, he, oh, he wasn't a violent guy. We'll have that for you. We also have Tony Gonzalez. He's the U.S. representative, District 23 Republican in the great state of Texas, and he covers Uvalde. We'll have him on as well. Okay, so make sure you stick around for that. He gives us information that we hadn't had until now. We now know how this guy got into the school, and it wasn't through the main entrance. Okay, so we'll talk about that. A lot of other stuff to get to as well, including just there's something wrong with Barack Obama, or he just doesn't like the country, and he's a one-track-minded guy who has prospered in this country, even though he's a black man, continues to pretend like black people don't have a fair shake here. And it's just ridiculous. Because when we should be talking about as a country, as a one community to try to solve this problem, he's talking about George Floyd. Okay, so we've got that for you as well. It is uh, the Joe Pag Show. I'm glad that you decided to come over today on a Wednesday. It is a hump day. We appreciate you. That's Carrie Lockie. Carrie, how you doing? We'll get it done. Say, making it happen. Trying to solve the problem is one thing. I'm going to take this down. I appreciate you guys liking the, the hump day song, but we'll take it down for now because we've got serious stuff to get to here. Um, Carrie, have you had a conversation with your sons? I know one, uh, one is graduating, one is still in school mm-hmm. uh, and will be for a while. I mean, does that conversation come up? It does. Um, it came up last night. It's come up in the school year. Uh, they've had my youngest uh, went through an active shooter situation drill um, and came home and had a lot of questions. And one of his questions was, Mom, could this really happen at my school? And the last thing you want to tell your child is it could. Uh, hopefully it won't. And that's why yeah. we go through these drills. And that's why you need to listen uh, to your teachers and do exactly what they tell you to do. But who wants to have that conversation? Oh, we have to. Who wants to have a, that conversation with their child? It's a double-edged sword. Like, it is. Like this you're, is some kind right. of normal thing that's just right. happening in our children's lives, and it's disgusting. Yeah, it is. Uh, I could not agree more, it, but it's a double-edged sword. On one on one instance, you don't want to have fortified, you know, um, school prison, somebody in my chat room said, oh, it's like a prison. I don't want that. I don't want that either. But I certainly want a one entrance situation where nobody else can get in anywhere else. And an emergency that those who are inside can get out by pushing the doors open and, mm-hmm. and you know, opening the locks. We should have a situation where you have to go through several barriers before you can get in. And yes, you have to have teachers and students that are on the ready. Now, I've got Andrew Pollock on next hour. And, and Andy tells me something that, that boggled my mind about how some teachers at Parkland were trained correctly and others weren't. Can you fathom that? No, I don't understand what, hap- what happens there. Those who were trained correctly, those students survived hmm. in those classrooms. The classroom where his daughter was and his daughter was murdered was not trained the same way. That's, I don't understand why they're not all getting the same training. Exactly my point from the beginning of this show and all during the entire show yesterday. There should be some sort of a semblance of 
uniformity when it comes to how public schools are dealt with in this country. You're giving $68 billion a year to the Department of Education. That money, a good portion of it, should be spent on safety and security for the kids. They've got to get to school safely and get home safely. That's, that's not really hard to understand. Doesn't matter what your political persuasion is. And that's not what's happening. So I hate that there are active shooter drills, but I'm glad there are active shooter drills, if that makes sense. I hate that you need an armed guard, but I'm glad there are armed guards. I hate that you have to have a one-entry system, but I'm glad we have a one-entry system because in this day and age, you have to put up as many barriers as you can to stop evil from doing what it wants to do. Does that make sense? It does, yes. Absolutely. And it sucks. It sucks. I could not agree with you more. When I went to high school and when I can finally drive at 16 years old in Florida, we enjoyed driving to school and you could leave campus for lunch and go to Mm -hmm. McDonald's or whatever you wanted to do and then come back in your car and and park in the parking lot, walk in any entrance you wanted. Sorry, times have changed since 1983. They just have. And they've changed for the worse and we've got to do whatever we can to raise our game and keeping people safe. Now, after I left that school... Um, they started putting a gate that couldn't open during the school year uh, in that, or during the school day, and that made sense to me. Then they started, okay, you had to enter, everybody had to enter through this entrance. That made sense. We didn't really question it. Okay, this is how we get in now, fine. We'll get in that way. It did suck that we couldn't leave campus and have off-campus lunch, but okay, it kept us safe. That's fine. We have to make changes, uh, and they, they can't be gradual anymore. We have to do this quickly now to where there's uniformity, that every school that is funded by public tax dollars should have to make sure that our kids are safe. I don't think that's asking a lot, and it's not a political question. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Carrie, do me a favor. If, if nothing else, give me just the sort of the headlines or the sub-headlines in that story about the mother of the bad guy in, in Uvalde. Yeah, this is from the Daily Mail. I'm going to paraphrase, but I guess they talked exclusively to the mother, so make sure to get all her quotes correct. Okay. Uh, The mother of the school shooter who shot dead 19 children and two teachers in Texas is claiming he wasn't a violent person. Adriana Reyes says she was surprised her son opened fire in that horrific killing spree at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde yesterday. She admitted her son was a loner who kept to himself and didn't have many friends, but shot down reports she had a toxic relationship with him. In an exclusive interview with DailyMail.com, she did not address claims she was a drug addict who saw her son leave her home to go live with his grandmother, Celia Gonzalez. Reyes was speaking from the bedside of Gonzalez, 66, as she recovers from being shot in the face by her grandson before he went on that rampage. He had bought two AR-15 assault rifles, bragged about them on social media, and suggested he would commit an atrocity before the deadly attack. But earlier today, Ramos's grandfather revealed the family had no idea he legally purchased the two weapons last week. Rolando Reyes, 74, Gonzalez's husband, also claimed his grandson had been a quiet teenager who spent most of his time alone in his room. So, so let me just comment on that. No mother wants her son to go and do what this guy did. I'm not suggesting that she wanted that. I don't know what her situation is with drugs or not. I don't know what her situation is with her relationship with her son or not. Um, what I do know is she's dead wrong because he was a violent guy. He killed, according to police, 21 people. 21 lives are gone. 21 souls are gone. So I don't want to hear how he's not a violent guy. 
For you to say my son wasn't a violent person is not the right answer. Now, here's a mother that does, does, doesn't expect to have this interview. Not sure why she gives the interview to the Daily Mail. To the, the Daily Mail, And she's not going to say, wow, what a piece of crap my son is. But I think the only thing that you say in a situation like that is, I'm just, I'm just sorry. I'm sorry for the loss. But instead, she's trying to talk about her relationship wasn't bad, it wasn't toxic, it wasn't this, as she's by the, her mother's bedside that he, according to police, shot in the face. He shot the lady in the face, thinking he killed her. Then he went to the school and killed a bunch of people. Now, we had reports yesterday of there being some police pursuit. I know for a fact he crashed his car at the school. What we don't know today is whether the school was the target. It may have been. I don't know. And I said that yesterday as well. But there was some sort of an accident that, that he was in outside the school. And Kerry, do we do we have information? Was the was the accident the reason the school was supposed to be on lockdown, but they didn't lock that one door, or was I it because there it were reports the of the murder? There were do we reports know reports of a, of a shooter on the loose? Okay, in the area they locked down supposedly locked down all of the school district's campuses, and it turns out he only lived about a mile away from the school. Mm-hmm. So if there was a pursuit, it wasn't a very long one, but. The idea that he wasn't violent is one that I easily reject. And again, she didn't do this. I'm not blaming her for this. I'm blaming him for this. And knowing that things like this happen, I need, I blame us for not stepping up as an American community and doing something about it. Now, before I take phone calls, I want to tell you what Barack Obama had to say today. Barack Obama is, is a guy that I just don't understand. I don't. I mean, I've tried. I cannot understand this guy. I frankly just don't get it. He wrote, as we grieve the children of Uvalde today, we should take time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd under the knee of a police officer. His killing stays with us to this day, especially those who loved him. Is Barack Obama saying he loved George Floyd? He says, especially those who loved him. As if he loved him. I don't, I don't understand. And he blows off, the we, as we grieve for the children, we should really take time to recognize. Then he says, under the knee of a police officer. That case has been done. He's been tried. He's been convicted. He is appealing the conviction, but he was convicted. That's justice in this country. You want to grieve for anything, grieve for those who were killed in the riots that came after. Grieve for those who lost their life savings and their businesses in the rioting that came after, fueled on by people like Barack Obama. Then he goes on to say, in the aftermath of his murder, a new generation of activists rose up to channel their anguish into organized action, launching a movement to raise awareness of systemic racism and the need for criminal justice and police reform. The African-American man who was elected president of the United States overwhelmingly twice is saying there's systemic racism in the same country that elected him. Let that really sink in. The next part of the thread, inspired by these young leaders, some alliance that he came up with, launched a reimagining policing pledge for mayors and cities ready to take action. If you're wondering how you can help make things a little better today, here are some ways to get involved. And here's a link to his freaking org. And the picture that populates when you go to that link is Trayvon Martin at about 12 or 13 years old wearing a hoodie. Of course, Trayvon Martin, 
in the pictures on his on his social media was holding guns and money and smoking pot and had gold teeth and uh, was a guy who was trying his best to look like a bad guy, a tough guy, a thug, some would say, online. Trayvon Martin is dead because he went back and started a fight with a guy. The guy had a gun to defend himself. He was found not guilty. But Barack Obama still acting like he was a victim, and he wasn't. So for me, this guy, again, a very popular figure in America, like Beto O'Rourke, but way more popular than Robert Francis will ever be, who took the opportunity that he had to bring us together, like he had for eight years he could have brought us together, on lines of race, on lines of economics. He didn't do it. On lines of geography, instead he decided to separate. He today thought that it would be appropriate to separate us even further and to talk about George Floyd. I've said it a million times, George Floyd should be alive. I don't think Derek Chauvin should have put his knee in his neck. George Floyd was high on fentanyl. George Floyd was passing phony money. George Floyd had an extensive criminal record. George Floyd held, held a gun, a loaded gun, to the stomach of a pregnant woman as a home invasion was going on several years earlier. Barack Obama loved George Floyd, according to his tweet. Tell me if I got it wrong. As we grieve the children of Uvalde today, we should take time to recognize the two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd under the knee of a police officer. His killing stays with us all to this day, especially those who loved him. That's what Barack Obama thought was important today. Thought I'd put that out there. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pags Show. I appreciate you hanging out. Thanks a lot for taking the time. It's the Joe Pags Show, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. You know, the Congress can, anytime they want, they can just change the debt ceiling. I- I've never seen anything like this in my life, to be honest with you. You can't do it in your on your personal finances. Hey, a little too much debt. I'm just going to raise my debt ceiling today. It doesn't work that way. You know that. But they can do that. So if you're in debt trouble and you're finding that you're getting a zero balance in your checkbook, Get off the treadmill, get some Total Financial Freedom. If you owe more than $10,000, the team at Total Financial is going to help you out. Give them a call. They've been doing a great job for 15 plus years, helping people like you resolve their debts, cut their payments in half. If you don't believe me, and I want you to listen, be skeptical, call them, 800-833-9444, 1-800-833-9444. Call now, ask about the free book, The Debt Dietitian. Mention my name, Joe Pags, and get the free book when you call and learn how easy it is to cut your payments. You're going to appreciate their team. They're like-minded people with you. They've got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and they've got zero complaints. You really can't beat it. Call that number. Get that free book right now. 800-833-9444. 800-833-9444. And do it right now. Let me go to the phone lines that are very, very busy today. Let me go back out and say hello to line one. It's going to be Thomas in Alaska. Thomas, what's going on? Hi. Hey, not much. I just want to have one thing to say, and that is since 1995 when they passed this law for these gun-free zones, We've been having these stupid shootings on an increased basis. When are the Democrats going to own the fact they pass this ignorant law and get rid of it? Well, they're never going to finally realize this law doesn't work and throw it in the garbage can and move on. No, they want to add more laws, Tony or Thomas. You know that. They want to add more laws. They think adding laws somehow will make people who will break the law regularly suddenly start abiding by the law. 
Here's a guy that shot his grandmother in the face. Do you think if there were more gun laws that he wouldn't have somehow harmed his grandmother? He'd say, oh, man, I wish I could do something, but they just passed that law. It's also against the law to kill people at school. But somehow he did that, too. Let me go back out. It's going to be uh, San Antonio and Shannon. Hi, Shannon. What's going on? Uh, how y'all doing? Um, you know, I was, Carrie had said earlier that she had a conversation with her son about, you know, doing what the, the teacher tells you if, God forbid, something like this were to happen at his school. Right. And it got me to thinking about my own grandchildren, two of who are special needs. They don't understand protocol, safety protocols like that at school. Right. And it, it terrifies me to think that a maniac might enter their school and start shooting guns at him. And my autistic grandson is going to react to that. He's not going to, he's not going to cower and, and hide. He's, he is going to react like a seven year old autistic child would. And, you know, these schools have to be made safer because not all of these kids understand the safety rules. Right. They don't understand when the teacher tells them go and hide or, or you've got to be quiet. Well, I think the way to solve that, because I, Shannon, I understand your concern. The way to solve that is what I said earlier. You stop them from getting in to begin with. And the way that you stop them exactly. from getting in is you have one entry place. You have somebody who's a good guy with a gun, somebody who can re- react immediately and stop the threat before it gets in. Because your point is very well taken. If your grandson can't react the, the, the same way because the teacher says do this and he doesn't, well, then he's going to be in harm's way unless you stop the gun from ever getting in. Shannon, thank you. Good point. Let me go back to it. Matt, who's in Tennessee. Hi, Matt. Hey, Joe. Uh, real quick. Carrie used to work on the docks. Come on, dude. That's for Carrie. Halfway Good. there. Wait, wait, what else do you um, have? Is that it? No, 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 no. Well, come on. Um, Steve Kerr was on Twitter, and he's running his mouth about 50 senators yeah. that need to vote for this, this bill. But th- nobody talks about all the pork that's in the bill. It's not about a certain gun law. It's about a gun law and all the favors they want to throw out there. Yeah. The other thing is... We've gotten ourselves, this society has gotten ourselves into a pickle where we want to, we want solutions, but we don't want to make anybody feel bad. So the only way to, the only way to fix this is to weed out the, the five people with mental illness and the two at bad apples out of, out of the, the 10 in the classroom, seven go away. Well, we don't want to profile those people. That's not fair to them. The best way to fix it, faith, fam, focus on family, focus on education. Uh, Matt, I hear you. I'm not even going to rickroll you because you sounded pretty good singing that. Carrie, you sounded pretty good singing that. Yeah, you did. That wasn't bad Wasn't too bad. I'm, I'm not in the mood to rickroll him either. Yeah. So uh, well, we appreciate the phone call. Uh, listen, uh, with Steve, Steve Kerr is, is somebody who's disconnected from reality. Steve Kerr wore a mask as he was giving interviews after the playoffs, you know, through every game, except the game yesterday. Suddenly he wasn't afraid of COVID anymore because he had to get really dramatic and, and do this fake crying thing about what happened in Uvalde. Now, I will team up with Steve Kerr if he really wants to solve the problem, but his call for 50 senators this or 50 senators that was bogus because he didn't read the bill. He doesn't know what it says. And and by the way, you needed 60 to pass this anyway. You need a supermajority from the reading that I did last night on this bill that he's talking about. This bill would not solve this problem. This bill would not have solved what happened at the school yesterday. If Steve Kerr, with with his, his social media sway, with his fame and fortune... If he ever stood up and said, I want to take action today to help fortify schools and make sure that our kids are safe, I will stand shoulder to shoulder with him. Steve Kerr doesn't want to do that. 
He wants to go out there and do the social justice stuff that never, ever accomplishes anything. Keep it here. Coming back with uh, Tony Gonzalez, the U.S. representative who covers Uvalde. This is the Joe Pack Show. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad that you took the time. I want to welcome back to the program District 23 Republican, the great state of Texas. It is Tony Gonzalez. He's the representative that covers the city of Uvalde and that entire community, plus a whole lot more. But, Tony, thanks for taking the time today. I don't know how busy you are today. No, I'm happy to do it, Pags. Any, anything for you. Well, and I appreciate that. My listeners and viewers appreciate that as well. We're doing it via um, phone today, whereas we normally would see you as well. But there's so much going on in that community, so much that you have to take care of, so many people to talk to and, and yeah. try to reassure that we can stop something heinous like this from happening again. Um, Tony, I just talked to you about this a minute ago. Columbine happened in 1999, and I don't think anything substantive has happened in this country to fortify our schools, fortify our theaters, fortify our our grocery stores, have good guys willing to react immediately when a bad guy shows up, and lo and behold, yet another tragedy, this time not very far from me, and one in your your representative district. If you don't mind, just talk to me about, about what it is that you would do if you had the ability to start shoring up our schools and our, and our neighborhood areas so that people can come home safely. Yeah, 100%. I mean, first off, uh, where is Uvalde? What is Uvalde? You know, I actually grew up uh, not, not too far. I'm in Uvalde right now. I grew up about 40 miles from here, a little town called Camp Wood, okay. 500 people. Uh, and Uvalde is about an hour and a half away from San Antonio. It's uh, kind of a, you know, 16,000 to 18,000 people, mainly an agriculture uh, community, uh, you know, a lot of um, a lot of uh, cattle and, 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 and different crops yeah. and, uh, you know, just salt-of-the-earth salt people, uh, very pro-law enforcement. I mean, everybody knows somebody who's a Border Patrol agent or a sheriff or a, de- or a uh, police officer, very pro-law enforcement. Yeah. And so what we, what we saw happen yesterday, I mean, just ripped our hearts out. Uh, it's one of those things, you know, you never think it's going to happen to you uh, until it does. And to your point, you know, we, we, I mean, the, the leaders of this country, you can Congress, the presidency, all of the above, you know, we, we, politicians in general, they get in there and they fight and they talk about all this stuff. Meanwhile, our children are getting slaughtered, tags, and we have to do something about it. I, this, you said if I, you know, if I was king for the day, what would I do? Um, a couple things. You know, one is, uh, we have to uh, we have to have uh, teachers armed. I think that makes all the sense in the world. Yes. You know, we train them up. You know, let's say let's say they're they're former um, uh, law enforcement or they're former military or they feel comfortable about weapons. We need to have more trained professionals that can handle a firearm on the school site. I think that makes us more protective. The other part too is, I mean. I did 20 years in the military. You know, it, it, it's called a, a, an ECP, an entrance and an exit point. There needs to be an entrance and an exit point to schools. Uh, you know, what happened in this case, and I just got a, you know, I've been getting updated, but we got this very thorough brief at 1030, along with the governor and Senator Cruz and Senator Cornyn. You know, the assailant essentially went in through the teacher's parking lot and he, he entered a door through there. So it's one of those things. We have to, we have to make sure that, 
you you can only come in one way, yeah. you know, and and or, or leave one way. Well, well, well I Tony, I want to stop you. Too. If you don't mind, let me stop you because I did I, not. That's new information. Yes. I had not heard that. So my kids go to school in Texas, as you know. I'm in the outskirts of San Antonio. They yes. go to public school. Yes. For me to go there, and Tony, I'm pretty well known. It's not patting myself on the back, but people know who I am. So I go, I, I go to go pick up my kid at school. I have to go through one door that I'm buzzed into. Then there's somebody sitting behind bulletproof glass that wants to see my license. I show my license. They, they print me out a visitor's tag, and then they'll buzz me in once I'm, once I'm good to go. You're telling me that that wasn't in place at, at Robb Elementary? This guy got in through some sort of a teacher's entrance? That, that wasn't in place. And you know what? I'll say this is there is this growing divide between rural and urban America where, you know, urban America is getting a lot of resources and modernizing, doing these things, and, and rural America is getting further and further behind. You know, I, I, was, I was, you know, this was months ago, well before any of this even was a thought process. I'm sitting down with one of my superintendents, very rural community, and he's going, Tony, man, I, I don't have enough money to keep the lights on and my teachers employed, more or less implement some of these security measures. Wow. He's a former military guy. You know, I start talking to him about these things, and he goes, I would love to do that. I just don't have the resources for it. So this is something where, you know, here you have the government appropriating money for all kinds of junk. Why, don't, why can't we sit down, get in a room, and go, how do we protect our kids from being slaughtered at school? Because when, it, when a, a shooting like this happens, I mean, every, it doesn't matter, you know, the color, the, 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 it doesn't matter the color of your skin, who your father is, who your mother is. Yeah. Everybody becomes a target and a victim. So th- these are the things Congress should be wrangling over and discussing because well, it yeah. impacts us all. Obviously, you and I agree wholeheartedly. It's Tony Gonzalez, U.S. Representative, District 23, Republican, great state of Texas. Uvalde is in his district. So um, uh, I love what you just said, but here's the problem. $68 billion a year goes to the Department of Education. I don't know if any dime is being yeah. spent on safety. Just sent $40 billion to Ukraine to shore up that border there, and a, a dime of that yeah. doesn't go to school safety in this country. The resources should be there. And if the resources aren't there, then the resources have to be reallocated, not to go build a bridge to nowhere in Alaska or or to go and help out somebody's district to get reelected. It should go to protect these kids. You've got beautiful children that are dead today, will never come home. Beautiful teachers dead today that will never come home. And the only reason there aren't more dead than the enormous number we've already seen is because a Border Patrol tactical guy shows up and kills the bad guy. Had that guy been there, had had a police presence or at least a barrier to stop somebody from just walking in this guy doesn't get to do what he did yeah. yesterday tony it's actually kind of simple to, to solve this we just have to have the wherewithal to say i need this money for uvalde schools or else we're not going to give you any money for these other appropriations so how do we make that happen in congress no i think you know what i think we need to, to dig in and you know anytime something like this happens you know the the, the, the politics go to each corner you know one is one blames the, the, the person, the other one blames the gun, right. and we go round and round and round, and, and like you said, nothing gets solved. Right. So I think we need to have a genuine conversation and go, hey, do we truly want to protect our kids from being slaughtered? Well, you know, stop giving lip service, you know, and, and let's roll up our sleeves. I, I want to share uh, something with your audience, Please. Pegs, because I think it's important. So I got a briefing today, a uh, very thorough briefing about what occurred. So essentially, this assailant shot his grandmother. And then he goes on to the school, and he, he's less than a mile away, so it was a very short drive. He actually wrecks his car um, while he's going to the school into the ditch. 
And that's when uh, security, if you will, is alerted. Hey, there's a wreck at the school and, and people start to respond, not knowing that this guy's intention. So, uh, you know, he gets to the school, he gets in through the back door, through the, the teacher's parking lot, through an entrance there. He enters a room and I mean, he immediately starts, you know, uh, murdering innocent people, beginning with the teachers, the police officers, because these are the heroes, man. These are the heroes that are in our community every single day. When stuff hits the fan, they run to the fire, not away. Uh, you know, Javier Martinez, a lieutenant with the uh, Uvalde Police Department, uh, Chief uh, uh, Arredondo, you know, the, the, uh, another, another law enforcement guy. Right. Well, he gets in there and they trap him in a room, basically, uh, a classroom. And there's a few different, they, they kind of box him in there. And while they were able to do that, the other, there's 600 kids at this school, Pags. Wow. I mean, this thing is as bad as it is. I mean, this could have been horrendous. So they box him in there, and it kind of there's a standoff, if you will, for a half hour. And while that half hour is going, they're execute, they're they're uh, they, all the children are, are exiting right. as quickly as can be. The other schools, the other classes. You know, one of the police officers, Javier, that I mentioned earlier, he actually was was wounded. He got shot uh, partly in his head area. So, I mean, these guys are heroes. It, it, it's terrible to see the numbers, but, you know, ultimately, and it was a, it was a border patrol guy that ends up doing it, that ends up uh, nullifying the, uh, the assailant. But imagine this, imagine, you know, you got a team that's going to breach uh, this classroom to, 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 to uh, neutralize the assailant. And you got a, a local police officer, you got a sheriff, you got a border patrol agent, and you got, you know, someone that's not even in the county. That's like everyone just came together and ran to the fire. It's something to see. And, and it's amazing. They, de- they deserve all the credit, all the all the kudos possible. You're right. It could have been exponentially worse. But it, but it takes me right back to, to my earlier point. And thank you for naming them. I had not heard their names before. And they are truly heroes and should be heralded as such. Had they been there as he shows up, he's dead before he gets in. That's my that's my issue here. We waited. Yeah. And, and again, they did nothing wrong. But they're first responders. Tony, there's nobody there to react. I need a first reactor mm-hmm. to stop the first bullet from mm-hmm. going off. And what bothers me is that now we we look at social media. He said he's going to go and, and harm people in real life. We go to social media. He's showing his guns off. We know that he shot his grandmother. Um, and and uh, you know, allegedly there was writing on the wall. He's Instagram messaging some woman saying, "Wait till you see what I'm going to go and do." So we've got all this information yeah. leading up to it. Mental health is probably an issue here. We don't know for sure yet. And then at the end of the day, yeah. we we stop him as you said heroically by people showing up to stop the assault. What do we have to do to get people there on the front line? Take down all the stupid signs that say this is a gun-free zone right. and put a sign up that says we right. are armed and, ro- and willing to die to protect our kids. I mean, that's where we have to be, isn't it? And that's a non-political statement because I don't think Democrats want no. kids to die either. No, I think, I mean, look, having trained professionals on site, it, it, it showed that they know how to handle a weapon, it, the the the, the statistics show that that's going to minimize the amount of casualties. Yes. It just does. Uh, the other thing, too, is the mental health. You know, I, I, I met with the leaders of Uvalde over a year ago. I sat down with the judge, who is a Democrat. Yeah. I sat down with the mayor, who's a Republican. I sat down with the sheriff, who's a Republican. We sit down, and I go, hey, if there is one thing I could do, what is it? And I represent 119 cities. Yes. So everyone has something different. They go, Tony who could help us build a mental health clinic. And I go, I'm in. And, and this is what happened. The county said, we will donate land. And the county has donated land 
for this clinic. I actually got two million dollars appropriated through the appropriations process right. for this clinic. It's a it's a twenty million dollar project. So two million is is one tenth of the way. I mean, we got we got eighteen more million to go. What I'm getting at is it, this shouldn't be partisan at all. We should all come together. Right. You know, we need mental health clinics everywhere to get ahead of these these bad actors before they even get going. It's Tony Gonzalez, District 23, Republican, the great state of Texas. Uvalde is in his district, uh, and along with uh, more than 100 other cities. And I appreciate you taking the time today. I've got to go to what uh, what uh, Beto O'Rourke or Robert Francis O'Rourke did today. He, he did a political stunt, a publicity stunt. He thought it would make him look good, thought it would make him look like he's trying to get answers. Well, you know what he could have done, Tony? He could have said, hey, Gonzalez, come here, I want to talk to you. He could have said, hey, Abbott, I want to talk to you. Yeah. Hey, Patrick, let's get together and let's fix this so that no more Texan children's, uh, children die. But instead, he did this in front of cameras. He had his little minions taking videotape on their cell phones, and he made a real fool out of himself. I was glad that the mayor kicked him out and yelled at him and said, called him an, an SOB. Well, you see something like that. Doesn't that stop the ability to progress in this country and make our kids safe? Doesn't that just derail what it is that all the Democrats and Republicans on that stage were trying to do? You know, you have you have these folks that solely view the world through a political lens. Yeah. They're political hacks and they, they can't help themselves. They're, they're, oh, they, it's how they got here. It's who they are. They'll always be that way. You know, after we got I was I was going to go to that press conference and I go, you know what? I just got a bad feeling. I'm like, you know what? I got a better idea. Instead of me standing at this press conference and hearing all the wonderful things that we're going to do, I got a better idea. And I actually went to, uh, to the elementary school on site, with, and I, I met with the agents. I met with the DPS troopers. Good. I met with the fire station folks and go, hey, man, what do y'all need? I'm not here for a camera. What do you need? Right. Yeah. And I'm going, look, there's, there's hundreds of people here, Pags. You know, FBI has over 100 people on site. And the first thing I ask is, like, where are y'all sleeping? You know, where are right. you, you know, where are you bathing? Where are you, you know, how are you doing these different things? So uh, we were able to get some, some, some bedding out here. We are able to get some mobile, mobile showers right. out here. I, I say that to go, while some folks gravitate to the camera to try to, you know, pop off, you know, political uh, one-liners, Meanwhile, the rest of us got to roll up our sleeves and bring this community back together, man, because it, we're hurting. Well, we've got to solve the problem, and we're not, you're not solving the problem by, by, by political grandstanding. Uh, but this guy, that's who he is. No. I mean, he's somebody who thinks he's owed something, exactly. and I'm sorry he's not. He hasn't, he hasn't said or done anything that, that I, as a Texan, feel better about it because he said it. It's Tony Gonzalez, District 23, Republican, great state of Texas. So going forward, Tony, I know that we're, we're still examining the scene. We're, get, we're collecting evidence. We're figuring out exactly how things went down. Um, what, what, what do we say? Because most, most kids are getting out of school. Sadly, those kids would have had another day and a half, two days of school. They would have been home for the summer. My, now, when my kids go back in the, in, in the, in the summertime for the new, the new year to start, my grandkids go back, what can we tell you know, mm-hmm. people like me, my neighbors, people who are listening right now and watching? What do we tell them that, hey, don't worry, we got your back, your kids will be safe? How do we, how do we make them feel good again? Look, look, Pags, I'm a father of six. I, I have two elementary school-age children. I mean, this hit me pretty hard. Yeah. It could be any of us. I mean, Uvalde, it could, Uvalde is, is every small town in America. It can happen at any time. What I would, what I would suggest, and I'm kind of going to take my congressman hat off and put my father hat on, okay. is call your principal and go, hey, what are the active shooter, you know, what's the plan if there's an active shooter? What are we going to do? Ask about the entry points. 
hey, can, can people get in? You, you know, some, cause some schools do it right. Some schools don't. If something goes down, how do I pick my kid up? Yeah. You know, I, I've got one of my one of my staffers. She she we have an office here in Uvalde. She's from Uvalde. She has children here. And I'm calling her all, all kind of throughout yesterday. She's just she's just a concerned parent trying to pick her child up. I mean, these are things I think as a parent we need. And it's it's crazy that we have to have these conversations. It reminds me, you know, several years back when I had I had to have the conversation with my older children. We were at a movie theater and I'm going, hey, check it out. If something goes down, we're going to go out that exit. If that exit's closed, we're going to go out this. I mean, we shouldn't be having these conversations. Right. But I think we have to. Yeah, we don't want our children to be victim as best we can. We don't want our children to be victims from any of this nonsense. And and part of that is is us holding our schools responsible, going to our school boards and going, this is BS, right? Yeah. We need to we need to harden our schools on that. I think that's that's something every parent can do without without worrying about you know Congress passing legislation or the other things. Let's hold our schools responsible. It's solid advice. It's Tony Gonzalez, District 23, Republican, great state of Texas. When you go back to Parkland, there was a door that was open that this, that the bad guy knew was open, that it was not the main entrance, and he got in a side entrance. This guy yesterday gets in the teacher's entrance. Even if you go back to Columbine, they actually they put a chain around the entrance where the school cop could have gotten back in because he left to go eat lunch, mm-hmm. and they knew that they would have sitting ducks. We have to have one entrance policies only you yes. can exit from the inside yes. the kids got to get out but you can only have one sure. way in sure. and then you, you can thwart the threat it's really that simple tony uh, i can't thank you enough for taking the time today i know how busy you are you got to come back on very of soon course. because we've got to start making moves in congress even here yep. in state or any state that's listening to make sure our kids come home yes. safely thank you my friend i agree brother thank you all right tony appreciate you we're back after this stay right here This is the Joe Pegg Show. Hi, great to have you. Thanks. Really enjoyed having Tony Gonzalez on. I hate the reason why. He is the U.S. representative that covers Uvalde, Texas. Gave us information we didn't know that this guy went in through a door that was connected to the to the teacher's parking lot. For some reason, that door was open or unlocked, and, and he was able to get in. And uh, there are heroes because there are 600 students there. 600. It's horrific that so many were killed. It could have been even worse, which is unimaginable. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pags Show.